0: Hello and welcome to episode five, season two of More Than Sweat. I'm your host, Brooke Benton, and last week's episode was a sweaty little number. We got real gritty talking about strongholds and breaking free of them. That's the real deal. You've tuned into this podcast for more than a little glisten on your brow. Sometimes we're going to sweat a lot, sometimes we're going to stink up the place with our body odor. That was last week's episode. This week's episode is just a little light glisten. you noticed earlier on my blog this week at BrookeBenton.com, I was writing about some stories that didn't make it in my new book, Sweat with Brooke Benton, and they got to be so outlandish that I'm like, I don't even have enough word count in WordPress to be able to blog this whole story out. Here's the ones that needed elaboration. Maybe by following along with my stories, you feel better about some of the quirky behavior you have in your own life. I sure hope so. So here we go. Here we go here we go in chapter three of sweat with Brooke benton it's the dance chapter and i give you fun stories of my experience with dancing over the years but i left out my part as the host of a pole dancing reality television show so we're going to talk about that here it was 2007 i was managing fitness for southern methodist university and that's when pole dancing aerobics became this pop culture phenomenon and everybody and their sister and their mama was going to join some aerobic pole dancing class And the students at SMU wanted me to add it to the group fitness schedule. I start looking at portable pole dancing bars and thinking about bringing that that to the studio and how I'm going to broach this with the Vice President of Student Affairs to try to get this class added to the schedule. And then I thought, whoa, Nellie, you're putting the cart before the horse. First, you need to actually experience what pole dancing fitness is. So go take some classes at a nearby studio and see what you're even talking about here. So I joined a gym on Greenville Avenue. if you're in Dallas or you know of Dallas, Lower Greenville is where you go for the fun stuff. So there was a pole dancing fitness class and I start taking it. Oh, and by the way, my dancing was terrible. I look like Elaine from Seinfeld, but making seductive faces that really were not sexy. It was like a Saturday Night Live skit. Like, oh gosh, don't, just stop with the faces. And I can't help it. My face is a meme machine. I'm dancing sexy. So I try to do the sexy look on the face with like my eyebrows going up and down. Like, hey, baby, come hither and my nostrils flaring in and out. And I'm making duck face. So you can picture this was not anything anybody would want to pay dollar bills for. Anyway, at the end of one of our classes, this real sophisticated looking man walks in with a suit and a woman about half his age. These some have an idea for a reality television show called Suburban Striptease. And in this show, women would compete for the top exotic dancer Uh, prize and win money for doing so, but they don't want professional dancers. This is just mamas that are, you know, up to here with kids and pots and pans and everything that their alter ego is they can also dance sexy. There was no stripping in the show. Everybody kept their clothes on. So it's just like the fitness dancing component of exotic dancing with a pole. I learned through taking classes at the studio, the pole is actually a metaphor for a male private part. Did you know that? Maybe it's just because I'm so Pollyanna and I had no idea that that's supposed to be a woman just losing herself over the pole. Come on now. Like, what a fantasy world do men live in if they really think that women are going to go that bananas over a male appendage? Come on. Anyway, this couple's casting for the show, and I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I do not belong dancing on the show. Not only because I don't have the skills, but also because my Southern Baptist mom and dad would keel over. I think my grandma was still, yeah, she was still around at the time. She would have keeled over first. She passed in 2017, but she would have passed a whole lot sooner if she saw me shaking my fanny on the TV. So I'm like, okay, if not that, then what? Because I do see an opportunity here. I said, do you have a host hired to host Suburban Striptease. And they said, yes, well, she's not hired, but we have Amber Campisi in mind. Again, if you're from Dallas, you know the Campisi restaurant, the Campisi Empire in Dallas. And so Amber Campisi was a Playboy model centerfold, I believe. And so they were going to use her for the host. And I said, do you have a contract with her yet? No, they didn't have a contract. And I'm like, all right, I see an opportunity here. I have MC experience, TV experience, Video experience, and I would like to be your host of the show. Just give me a chance to be the host of the pilot episode. And it really wasn't a huge embellishment. I had emceed a bodybuilding competition, like a singular bodybuilding competition, and I'd been on a reality show in college on the Discovery Channel. My friend Cindy Seluck and I went all around Austin looking for dudes that would date my friend Christy. You can probably find the show on YouTube. It was called Perfect Partner. I also had just released Kettlebell Butts and Guts, my very first workout video. You did hear about that in my previous podcast, I believe episode one of season two of Born Than Sweat. I gave you the entire audio recording of the Kettlebell chapter, so you'll hear about that video. All this to say, I wasn't lying. I had MC television and video experience, and I... I wanted an opportunity to host the show. And so they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, I'll do it for free. I'll tell you what. I will tell you this. Hustle gets you further than talent. Free gets you further than anything. So they lit up like a Christmas tree. And we're like, okay, all right, we'll do it. So they gave me the opportunity to be the host of Suburban Striptease. And they're going to shoot the pilot over two days. The first day was at their home on Turtle Creek Boulevard in Dallas, which is the schmancy schmancy Like owner of the Cowboys owns a house there. It's beautiful. And their home was like a castle. I walk in and go into this woman's closet that's probably bigger than the entire first floor of my home right now. It's just unbelievable. And we pick out wardrobe and I get all gussied up. They give me the script. It was so long I get it right there. Before we're about to shoot, there's no teleprompter. And I'm trying to memorize all of these words, which is not my strong suit. Even as I talk to you on this podcast, never do I have anything written down or memorized. We just kind of go with the flow here. But I'm supposed to memorize all these words and then try to deliver it to the camera. And I had No experience doing anything like this at the time. Again, you kind of got it. It was a hyperbole to say that I had all of this MC television and video experience. I'm just kind of deer in the headlights standing there, but I need to deliver the line. So, all right, on it. I remember one part of the script was talking about the history of exotic dancing. And Greek mythology goes that Inanna, the goddess of love, descended down to the underworld to seduce anyway, it started like that. So I start trying to give these lines that, and Inanna, the goddess of love, descended down to, and they're like, cut, Brooke, not goddess of love, just Inanna, the goddess of love. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 let's reshoot. And then Inanna, the goddess of love, they're like, no, not the goddess, just the goddess of love. Oh, okay, 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 let's, let's reshoot. And then Inanna, the goddess of love, descended to the underworld and seduced the... No! Okay, so we had to shoot that a bunch of times to try to pull the cheesiness out of Brooke Benton. Like, we're a package deal. I come with the cheese. It's just what you get for free. So we end up wrapping that first night. The second day of shooting is at a strip club. Never in my whole life had I ever or will I ever be in a strip club again. It's, it's weird, even in daytime. You go in and there's a funky smell and it just feels a little dirty just being in there. I had to take the day off of work from Southern Methodist University to be at the strip club where the contestants that they had selected to be on the show were going to do dancing. And I didn't have a script now. I got to go ad lib whatever came out of my mind after women would dance and so they would do their dance and then my ad lib was like whoo hubba hubba sexy lady cut Brooke, just tone it down a little bit be cool be sexy be sleek uh, okay she dance again I'm like super sexy super sexy lady and then another one would dance i remember at one point i sang the commodore song she's a brick House. It wasn't a fit. I never even saw the pilot episode of Suburban Striptease, but I don't know if it ever got picked up. Let me tell you, there are some weird shows on television right now, like The Masked Singer. Do you watch that? I don't get it. I don't understand the mass singer or farmer wants a wife. If these kind of shows can make it on television, I think suburban striptease probably had a fighting chance, but maybe not with me as a host. I bet that they finished filming all of this and immediately speed dialed Amber Campisi and said, "Homegirl, name your price." Except they didn't call her homegirl because apparently all of these cheesy little antics have a place on our more than sweat podcast and in the books, wet with Brooke Benton and in my workout videos, but they don't have a place on Suburban Striptease. Well, all right, that ship sailed and that story is done. Put a fork in it. Moving on to our next story. It got left out of the book intentionally because I never really wanted anybody to know this story. But then once I start typing and talking, it all comes spewing out. I became a YouTube sensation in 2006 for all the wrong reasons. I was visiting my parents uh, for Thanksgiving and this was before anybody had a camera phone. My brother had a camcorder and we take it out to the backyard where there was a fort. It used to be my brothers and my play fort growing up, but my dad does nothing small. It's not like a fort built out of bedsheets. This is a full-out crib. You take stairs to get up to the top and then it's fully carpeted with a sofa bed and television, AC and heat. This is a crib. Well, after we moved out, the dog ends up getting the fort, and that's its doghouse. So my brother pulls out the camcorder, and I'm going to film the video, World's Greatest Doghouse. I had so much energy to exude. This was before I had any kind of training with film, so I'm just putting it all out there. I was wearing an obnoxious outfit with an obnoxious headband. I think we all dressed kind of crazy in 2006, so I don't know that the outfit was that embarrassing, but I looked a fool, and as soon as I opened my mouth, there was just energy that was too much, too big, coming out at the camera, and I'm like hey, everybody, I'd like to introduce you to the world's greatest doghouse. This is Jekyll the dog. Oh, Jekyll the dog is right there to welcome us at her her doghouse. Let's take a romp on in. And then I lead them through a tour of the fort. And I'm like, check out this bed. And if she wants it cold, we blast the AC. If she wants it warm, we turn on the heater. If she wants to watch something on TV, we'll turn on Days of Her Lives right here on the television. And I'm letting it roll. We finish and I post it to YouTube. Don't think anything of it. Within the first month, it got 10,000 views and the most hateful comments. I had skin about as thin as tissue paper at the time. So I'm reading each and every one of them and like, "Mm, how could people say such horrible things? It was words like, this lady is so crazy. She should check herself into a mental institution. And another one that said, if I was as dumb as this woman, I'd shoot myself. Other comments like that, and I just couldn't take it. Now, this 42 year old version of me would have let it all roll off my shoulder and take it to the bank because don't you know the advertising money that would have rolled in from all of the views on this video would be cash money. I could take it any day. Say whatever you want, I'm going to keep the video up. Not back then. I pulled the video down. Certainly. I remember how I told you in a previous episode that I thought I took down Back Backburner cooking show, but still was able to... Or actually, my kids were able to find it on YouTube very, very easily. With World's Greatest Doghouse, I was as sure as my life is that I had taken that video down because it was humiliating, but it did go viral and... It is no longer available anywhere. I don't even think we still have the camcorder that shot that video. So that is dead, gone, buried, and finished. Are you ready for one more story? I think we can squeeze one more story in this podcast and then call it a very light and easy sweat sesh today. It was 2019, and I had moved into an apartment where I could hear the people above me, and not like I would hear them sometimes, but not all the time. Like, I could hear every single footstep, and these people were nocturnal. They'd stomp, stomp, stomp around all night long. In fact, I could tell when they were going to the bathroom, because I would hear stomp, 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 little pause for about 20 seconds, and then a flush, and then stomp, 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 as they were going back to wherever they came from. This was maddening. I would go to work the next day like the devil incarnate because I hadn't gotten any sleep the night before. But I'm also very big on agency. Take things in your own hands if you can. So I devised a plan. I was gonna go to Home Depot and buy insulation board that I would nail onto the ceiling. My thought was it would buffer the noise and I wouldn't hear the people above me anymore. Problem solved. This wasn't just a hypothesis it was one that was going to get tested. I went to Home Depot. I bought about a half dozen insulation boards. And then I go to my RAV4 Toyota thinking I'm going to shove all this insulation board inside and it's not fitting. And there's the fella next to me in a pickup truck. It's a total stranger. He's like, that's not going to work. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I I bought all this stuff and I need to, to get it to my apartment. He's like, where do you live? Like an idiot. I told him, I'm like, oh, I'm just right over there at, told him the name of the apartment complex and the unit that, I, that I'm in. And he's like, oh yeah, I can, I can put it in the back of my truck and follow you home. I said, okay, this could have been one of those shows you see on 2020 or Dateline, like a really, really bad ending. Fortunately, it wasn't. I let him follow me to my apartment and I don't think I let him take the insulation board in. I, if I did, I'm, I'm not sure, but either which way, it all ended fine. He takes off and never, he's never heard of again. But I take the insulation board then, standing on my bed, and I'm nailing it into the ceiling. And with every hit of that hammer into the nail, I'm thinking, problem solved. You go, girl. You're solving your problem all on your own. Didn't require any extra help. And I, I think I've got everything remedied. Well no time later, I still am hearing stomp, stomp, stomp. And then about 20 minutes later, the boards come crashing down. I'm still there in my bedroom. I got hit on the head by the insulation board that came crashing down because I'd used finishing nails to try to nail the insulation board in the ceiling, which are those nails that everything slides right through. I don't know that other nails that have the, the head would have done any better with keeping the insulation board up. It was a really boneheaded idea but at this point I was so frustrated that it seemed like brilliance. I felt like I had become a make-do construction worker and I was going to solve this construction nightmare. I feel like a lot of times apartments put the money in other places, not in the soundproofing between the apartment units. That's certainly what happened with mine and the only way that this truly could be solved is if I went to somebody and requested to get moved to a different apartment and went through all the process of boxing up all my stuff and moved to the top floor, problem solved. If you're listening to this, you're like, that's what you should have done in the first place. This was a really, really poor decision all around. If you live in an apartment, PSA, don't go trying to nail insulation board on your ceiling. It doesn't work. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening to my stories. If you don't like these, don't worry. I have others. You can go to my blog at brookbenton.com where I shared a couple of other stories that didn't make it in my book. And there's two more blog posts to come. I've just got so many stories to share that it doesn't all fit into one blog or yeah, I think we're going to make this a one-and-done podcast episode. Those are all the stories that are outside of the book that you really need to hear in this podcast. You can check out my book, Sweat with Brooke Bitten, on Amazon or brookebenton.com. Please, five-star reviews and written reviews are bread and butter. I would greatly appreciate those. Three morals from today's story. One, just cause she dances, go, go. <laughs> Two, If you're going to make an obnoxious YouTube video, you better have thick skin and allow those comments to just roll off your shoulder and you can take them straight to the bank when you bank on the advertising money that comes in. Three, if you're going to rent an apartment, make sure you get one on the tippity-top floor and you won't hear the elephant stomping over your head. That's all I got for you today. That's all I know. I'll see you back in next week's episode. I don't know if we're going to sweat a lot or sweat a little. We'll figure it out over the week ahead and I'll see you back next Friday on More Than Sweat. So long, y'all.